Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. But then I got to do the test. You yeah. do the test. Before you do the test, though, you sign a deal. Uh-huh. So this is where it got weird. I had just signed a new manager, signed with a new manager at the time. We didn't really know each other. So I think he might not have really known how to be my advocate. Mm. I, at the time, I had only been here for like a year and a half. So I knew how bad I wanted the show. But I did not know how to advocate for myself. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. We're approaching the holiday season. I'm very excited. I think we all could use some Christmas cheer or Hanukkah cheer or whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, I personally love it just for the food and the company and being around people that I love, and I'm very excited to be going into this season. What else is going on? Um, If you haven't listened to my fiction podcast yet called The Case Within, please check it out wherever you get your podcasts. All eight episodes are now available to binge. Let's get to the show. Today I have Daniel Augustin. You may remember him from How I Met Your Father or you may know him from his current role in Rap Shit. We had a really great conversation and it was so cool to get to know him. So here's my conversation with Daniel. And welcome to the show, Daniel Augustine. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Jillian. Hello. It is so lovely to see your face on the other side of that screen. I know people can't (laughs) see it, but, you know, they can imagine a very bright, warm, welcoming smile. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've been working on my smile. I've been going to the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what are your thoughts on the dentist? Do we we like the dentist? Do we not like the dentist? I... uh... I do. I think you got to find the right one. You know what I mean? All of them do the drilling. So you're going to feel the pain <laughs> at all of them, but you got to find the right one. The ones who they smile at the front desk and the doctors are nice. And then, you know, you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Honestly, I'm one of those people who actually does like the dentist. I know it's strange, but I like getting my teeth cleaned. <laughs> Word. Word. It feels good to walk up out of there like, wow. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it Yeah, does you feel, feel good. fresh. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, okay, dentist talk aside, I'm very excited to have you on the show today and um, talk about your incredible career that you've had thus far. But before we get into all of the fantastic stuff that you've been working on in the past years, um, the first thing I always love to ask everyone who comes on the show is, why did you want to become an actor? Oh, man. (laughs) Freedom. It was more freedom. I couldn't keep a regular nine to five for nothing. And I feel like the long game of the nine to five and not being able to see the ending in the nine to five was super debilitating. It was hard to really like come in every single day and see the value in it. Whereas with acting, it was like, 
You got some days where you're the one with the monologue. And yeah, there are some days where you're the one doing more of the supporting, but it felt more free. It felt more, uh, I, could, I could use more energy. I could use more artistry, even if I was just doing background work. Even when I was doing background work, there still felt like there was artistry. I still was like thinking about how to do what I need to do. I was still looking at the cameras. You can kind of see everything operating. It's like you're in the middle of a clock factory or something yeah. as an actor. So yeah, it was more, it just felt so much more freeing every time I saw it, every time I was a part of it. Um, so I got to go with freeing, you know, that just, that it, it, yeah, even though there's lines, it still feels like, they're still waiting on you to like see if you can say those lines differently as opposed to mm -hmm. like if you're at you know no shame to anybody who's doing the nine to five but if you're doing the nine to five it's like nah they really just need you to make sure you're here at nine they need yeah. you to make sure you leave at five you know what i mean and you know so it's more I, fun i mean i get it bless the people who can do a nine to five i lose my mind i just can't do it yeah, man. I've lost every single one of those jobs. I left one of those clips on my Instagram. There's a clip. This girl, I was working at the TSA, and this girl caught me knocked out during one of the meetings, <laughs> fell asleep. She took a video of me, and I put it on my Instagram because to, the, to this day, it's just like a testimony. And I always like to look at it because it's a reminder of like how I used to exude energy at work versus how I do it now. You know what I mean? So Yeah. That's a real yeah. testament to finding like what it is that fuels you as a person. Because some people would yeah. thrive in that job. Some people find that job yeah. very exciting and that's fantastic. Yeah. But it's all about finding what like works for you as a human. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Big facts. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah. Um, well, tell me about growing up. You grew up in Fort Lauderdale, right? And you were always yeah. really attracted to to music. Tell me about that. Yeah, man, I started making music when I was, I don't know, man, like ten, nine, ten years old. Um, and that was always just that was also another one of those things where you're making the rules when it comes to making music. I started though at church, so I started making music mm -hmm. first at church. Um, we had this Christian rap group, um, and really it just started because my dad would tell me to, you know, I got to find a way to, like, you know, give glory to the Lord. That was his thing. I didn't understand that, all right? Yeah. But I was just like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll give him praise by rapping this song that I've been listening to. I was, back in the day, I was listening to, like, this group called Cross Movement, um, Winans, Phase 2, um, they're like the nephews of like the very popular BB and CC Williams and all that. And um, from there, that catapulted to like, like us starting a rap group at the church. After we started the rap group at the church, we then started to like have these bigger ideas because we played video games all the time. So we started then to be like, maybe we can get our song on NBA 2K Live. And so we started trying to do stuff like that. And then it literally always like I guess it just is always like a snowball effect sometimes you know what I mean and mm. I'm still making music with a lot of those guys it's just crazy no I was like yeah that was like 20 plus years ago and I'm still making music with a lot of those guys I actually just released my first single in like four years and oh two of the guys that I started with helped me come up with that you know we all came up with like how we were going to 
release music again and what we want to do with it. And like two of those guys, Alvin and Steve and Guy, um, have been helping me along the way. And it's, it's still just a beautiful thing. Like uh, the, the art, I don't know. I don't feel like it's any different in some weird way. It's like music and acting is like an odd, like such an odd collaboration. Even when I started to make, you know, when I started like film stuff, I didn't know how to edit but I was accustomed to editing my music. Mm-hmm. And so when you're like mixing music, it's like you're still playing with those same kind of Legos. You know what I mean? Those same kind of blocks that you would if you were editing a film. So like, I didn't know how to edit the picture, but I knew how to edit sound. So yeah. I was kind of like, oh yeah, sound is still involved in TV and film. I didn't realize how heavily sound is involved. And so, you know, so that started at 10 years old and you know, we've still been making music. I'm still doing it. Um, and it still relates, like, you know, voiceover stuff. Yeah. It, it feels like that same kind of work. Like, I'm still just stepping up to the mic and, you know, um, exuding energy based on what's here and, and, and my diaphragm. And so the music yeah. game has been very beautiful. Yeah. I love that you're still making art with your friends from your childhood. I think that is so special. Yeah, it is. It really is. It really wow. is. It's 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 pretty trippy, actually. It's pretty trippy. We, <laughs> we I went back in like June of this year, and we recorded. I was only down there for like seven days, but we hammered out like thirteen songs. What? We were just working like yeah. It was like the Olympics. We were working like madmen, and it was just it was fun. It was pretty intense because now I'm not doing it how I used to always do it. Like now, like back then, it was super personal. All the songs were just my own songs. Now though, upon being in TV and film for so, I'm saying for so long, but upon being in TV and film for like six, seven years that I've been doing it, I guess, I see the way that TV and film works where it's like, all right, you got a showrunner mm-hmm. and a writer's room, and then you got the actors and there's this flow. And so when, we went back, when I went back down there, that's how we hammered out all those songs. We kind of created that same kind of setting I would just talk to a lot of the guys about like this is what I want to try to do and then we all sat in the room together like it was a writer's room and we hammered out songs and I feel like that process seeing the tv and film process and trying to bring that over into the music process for me has been I don't know if the word is freeing anymore I feel like for this now it's been that helps the music be a bit more organized, structured, you know, a little bit of organized and structured within the chaos of your creativity is like really, really, really dope. It's really, really fly to be able to like put all that stuff together, you know? Yeah, it it speaks to, you know, and some people are completely the opposite, right? Some people like cannot make art with other people. They do not know how to be collaborative in any sort of way. But then there's people like you and I'm the same way where it's like, I thrive on working with people and having that human connection. And my art yeah. is always going to be better if other people oh, yeah. are working on it with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference. It's a big, big difference. difference. Like, I love all the songs that I would do on my own. I love that. I still love that. But when I'm together with the guys, it's just different. It's yeah. a whole another writer in the room, a whole another brain in the room. And yeah. we can just bounce ideas off each other. It's going to end up being completely different. 
I also feel like there's like a and it's easier to have a sense of pride I feel like personally when you do it with other people because it also is like you're you're also so proud of them so it's yeah. easier to accept your own work almost because you're like oh yeah. but I did it with them too and they get to get noticed and so oh, yeah. it makes it like so much easier to like want to like promote something and want to be really excited about it because it's not just you feeding your own soul it's like you're feeding yeah. others too yeah it feels a lot better it feels a lot better honestly yeah. um <laughs> Like promoting myself is cool. It's a little weird though sometimes. Yeah. It's a little it weird, weird to just be like, yo, check me out. I'm here. Look at what I did. <laughs> yeah, but when I get a chance to kind of like talk about what the group, what we all did, I'm in there too. I'm in there too. Mm -hmm. But it's a whole different kind of thing. You're moving like a unit. Yeah. It feels so much more empowering too. You can share it and they're not just sharing just your stuff. They're sharing their stuff too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can kind of feel how much warm, yeah. how much warmer that is than just like the personal, you know, personal is dope, but you can feel it, you know, yeah. you can definitely feel it. It's a different vibe for sure. Um, yeah. Well, take me through some of the recent shows that you've been on, because you've been doing a lot of TV work, which is really fun. You were in How I Met Your Father, <laughs> opposite, yes. I mean, my like childhood hero, Hilary Duff. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was wild. Um, so, all right, I'm going on three years here in LA now. Okay. Going on three years in like a week and a half. It's going to be oh the God. three year anniversary. Yeah. So, we got here in December of 2020, my mm -hmm. wife and I. And I booked Grey's Anatomy in February. Wow. I booked Grey's Anatomy in February. That was wild because I loved that show. And then. Who doesn't? Right. And then in. June, I booked Rap-ish. Mm. I booked Rap-ish, which is on Max. And then literally like three weeks later, not three weeks later, actually August, How I Met Your Father came back. I auditioned for it in June, July, but did not get it. Mm. And then they recasted it because something crazy happened. Um, Hillary got COVID. <laughs> she had got COVID. The guy who booked that role, I'm a fan of his work, actually, this guy named Brandon Michael Hall. He couldn't stay because he was filming something in London. They recasted the role. It's crazy. Recasted the role. And um, I just remember auditioning for that role on, like, literally on, like, a Wednesday. On Thursday, I heard back. And they were like, yeah, we love you. We're going to have a, a – a, 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 we're going to have a – why can't I remember the word right Chemistry now? Chemistry They were like, we're – Yes, thank you so much. They're like, we're going to have a chemistry read on Friday with you and Hillary. I was like, what? I was like, all right. So on Friday, I do a chemistry read with Hillary. And then on Saturday, they reach back out and they're like, we love you. We're going to bring you on. But can you come tomorrow? <laughs> so on Sunday, yeah. So on Sunday, literally, I was on set on the Paramount lot. And it was wild because nobody on that show had done any multicam stuff. Um, that's my first time meeting Hillary. I had the hugest crush on her growing up. And I told her that like an idiot. But um, <laughs> I'm sure she, she was cool about it. it. Yeah. Yeah, she was super cool about it. She, she, she was very graceful. Um, she's so nice. She has like chickens that she raises at her house. And so I told her that like I've never really had chickens from 
you know, like free range chickens that I know of. I never really had eggs from like free range chickens or whatever. And she was just like, oh, I'll bring you some. And she brought me some like literally the next day. It was cool. It's just, I know it's quirky. I know it's like out of the box or whatever, but it was super cool. And I think it just kind of like a, it goes to show like how considerate she is. Mm -hmm. She she was super considerate, um, super graceful. It was dope to watch her too. She's been working so long. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't know that we always think about it like this as actors because it's super easy to think only about your journey, one's own journey, because we're always thinking about when are we going to get this, that, or the third. But, like, there is so much to learn from people who have been doing it already. And some of that stuff that we can learn, it's not really like something where they're going to stop you and be like, hey, make sure you're paying attention to me. Right. You know what I mean? So, just coming into work, seeing how she would come into work, how prepared she would be. I was like, you know, you know, zoomed in on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So super, super, super graceful. She was super kind. And I never saw her come into work and have a bad day. Like I used to sometimes just feel like, sometimes I just feel like she was acting off camera, but she wasn't. She mm-hmm. was super just, that's just how she is. She's just graceful like that. And, you know, I love that. I love that. So that was How I Met Your Father. Um, working with Issa Rae on Rapish has been life-changing. Crazy. I can only imagine. Yeah. That's been crazy. That's been life-changing. It's been life-changing in creative ways, financial ways. Speechless, honestly, as far as like how to really even completely express that entire experience. And it's still going on right now, so I don't even fully understand it all right now. I'm like doing my best to you know what I mean? I'm doing my best right now to completely appreciate it while yeah. being in it, while at the same time, you know, it's, it's outer body it's work. It's hard because like you're stuff. in it. Like you're in the middle of it. It's like the eye of a tornado. So it's hard to really wrap your head around what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be able to appreciate it while it's happening mm-hmm. and not let it blow by me and then look back later. But at the same time, I still have to be able to be like, have my eye out on like timing Mm -hmm. and the universe we just got out of a strike Mm -hmm. during the strike how much your father got canceled I would have never expected that and so there's still always this like teetering of like am I safe right yeah (laughs) well you know what I mean it's wild like this work like yeah I didn't want the nine to five but the nine to five you kind of know yeah, yeah. Want you to come back At tomorrow. least you know that you have a job in a couple weeks. <laughs> this is different. Yeah. It's so different. And like, that's partly why it's still, that's partly why it's super, super special because mm-hmm. of not knowing, but still being able to be a part of it. And so, you know, and then anytime they have like an episode, we have watch parties. So, you know, they invite Aww. me over and yeah, we're all watching it as a cast. So we're all still connecting and building camaraderie. And um, it's been wild. And then trying to fit in auditions Mm -hmm. in between it is like, how? It's a puzzle. How? It's always Emotionally? Yeah. (laughs) uh, Because I can get in there and do an audition like this. I can get in and push it out. But then sometimes that's just not how it works because the character demands more of your energy, your attention. Right. And if you're not like, if you're not feeling fully connected that day which some days you just don't like there's it's like anybody else you can have just an off day where you're just like I don't feel connected to myself to 
this work to anything right now. It could be, I could oh, give yeah. a way better performance the next day, but in that moment you could be totally off and it's like, you can't even control it. Cause it's just not, it's not there at that second. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm always my best when I'm not actually like when I first get the, the, the sides and stuff and I'm just like going over it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's on fire. Yeah. It's on fire. Yeah. The longer you, you pull the camera it. out, it's the Pull the camera on. It's like, yo, what's 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 up with the re? What's going on, man? I just had to, okay. Let me let me let me. It's trippy. It's yeah. trippy. It's trippy. Um, Super cool to be able to take from home, but it's still trippy. Yeah, I I'm an in person <laughs> fan. I mean, I I think the gotcha. the nice thing about self tapes, right, is that you can have a little bit more time to, you know, do it on yeah. your own. I think I just always I'm a really big people person so I just yeah I like being able to talk to somebody like this like I like being able yeah. to connect I like you know and so many of these casting directors I've been an actor for 20 some odd years now and there's so many of the casting directors that I know outside of just being casting directors so I'd like to go in there and yeah. be like how's your son and and you know catch <laughs> up a tiny bit just to like you know I get you. continue that human connection We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. I want to go back to rap. You you call it rapish, but I can say, I mean, we can say shit on here, so rap shit. I want to make sure. I'm just trying to, you know. We're good. We we can call it rap shit. Uh, Okay. uh, I I want you to take me through what it's been like, um, creating this character because it's the first time that you've uh been on a show for multiple seasons and you're creating an arc and i i want to know what that's been like for you as an actor finding his voice yo that's crazy because you don't know who the heck these people are yeah (laughs) and they keep getting yeah and like they rewrite it they'll rewrite like my character from season one to season two personally it's hard to track him you know what I mean? So I got to make sense of where he's going and what happened in between that. I got to humanize that. Mm-hmm. I get to humanize that. Mm. But to do that, it takes like brain work that like is not discussed in any of the acting classes that I know of. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. Like a lot of the classes that I know of are really more so about getting you the job. Yeah. Keeping the job is different excelling at the job is different you know what I mean like for stuff like that you might want to get a personal coach but like for me in particular it's been trippy because you know one of the things that I appreciate the most is that 
I'm Haitian. Mm-hmm. So this character I already resonated with, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, I don't know if my thing just froze because it said I got low storage device, apparently. Oh, um, <laughs> so I'm Haitian. So I resonate with this character. But there's also a sense of like, what part of my Haitian culture can resonate with him in particular, because there's like, millennial Haitians too. Mm. And, and, and so that was one thing. Then this character is based, the show is based in Miami. So there's lingo mm-hmm. for Miami in particular. But in season two, they go from not only being in Miami, but like our lead characters are now traveling all over the world and stuff. And uh, my character is going through like legal issues. Mm. And so season one went from being very, how can I say, sensually playful (laughs) to I'll say uh, he was very much of a rogue in season one to like season two, he's going through a lot of emotional things. Mm. So his arc has gone from very, very comedic to in a lot of ways, dramatic. Mm. Which is cool. I accepted that challenge too because I thought, you know, that's dope. It's like I get a chance to have, you know, a character who's going to have a different kind of arc than what was expected, a different type of, uh, uh, you know, like I won't be having scenes that are basically the same. Right. You know, he won't just be doing the same thing from season one to season two. Yeah. But um, it was challenging though, for sure, because you don't always know how to feel comfortable with what you think is going to happen. Like every time I'd go into the writer's room, it was something different than what I would expect. You know, like when after season one, I had assumptions as to what was going to happen or, you know, how we were going to get into season two. None of that. They were like, none of that played out. Wrong. Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, you know, it's so it's been really trippy. Sometimes I try to ask like, you know, the writers, you know, I'll link up with them sometimes for like a lunch or something like that. And I try to ask them sometimes like, how can I come in, you know, this season in a way that might elevate the work I did last year or in a way that might really support what you guys are doing? So I, I think the best way I can answer the question is it's, a, it's constant work. It's constant research. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, like I, I, don't, I don't know that this work is that much more different from, like, being a scientist, this is almost like creative science. Yeah, I like work that. Of some kind, you know what I mean? Like yeah, scientists. it's like creative scientist work. You feel me? Like and you know, you're 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 trying to make your best. Uh, you're trying to make your best. And and here's the craziest thing. <clears throat> I don't always know what is going to work. I come in with what I have prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't know what's going to work because we're still trying stuff out on set. Yeah. I don't know what take they're going to use. I don't always know who they want this guy, who they can really see this guy being. I just really have to be super, super open to bringing what I thought mm-hmm. was of value to this character and to this story. And at the same time, being open to all of the ideas that might happen on set, whether that's because of that actor across from me is doing something that brought something else out or because the director has different ideas than what I thought was, you know, what we were going to be doing. So it's very, it's a very, 
it's research. Yeah. The research never stops. The research never yeah. stops. And I really just try to make the research as fun as possible with stuff like playlists, mm-hmm. music playlists. My playlist from season one was completely different than season two. Yeah. All those songs. Like I had to get rid of like 60% of the songs that I had season one because he was not on that kind of energy. Yeah. And so that's been part of the work for me too. It's just like finding the right kind of playlist, the right kind of music that can really be the backdrop for how I'm coming into work. Mm-hmm. Cause it really helps me. Cause a lot of the stuff has been said before sometimes yeah. some of the songs that I might be studying or letting play while I'm studying, you know, the work that week, some of those songs really can help me just kind of be in it in a different kind of way, in a different kind of emotional way, you know? I totally get it. Music has always been one of those things that helps me, especially like before an audition or before an emotional scene. There are certain songs that really just bring something out oh, yeah. of me where I, I feel so much more connected as a, as an artist to the words that are on the page. And it's, it's a lot easier to get to that emotional state. Um, I mean, now is when I would normally ask you to share an audition story. You did share your How I Met Your Father audition story, which was pretty fantastic. I don't know if you have another one that you <laughs> want to share, but I mean, that one was awesome. I have one that this one is still, uh, I'm still working through this one in therapy. 97 or something like that. Okay. I'm a huge fan of this show. So I had a friend who was the assistant of the guy who was directing. <laughs> what? Okay. The, a friend right. who was the assistant of the guy. Assistant okay. of the guy who was directing. He tells me, he didn't send me the script or nothing, but he was just like, yo, the wood is about to be coming out, bro. I think you'd be perfect for this. You got to try to find a way to get in. Mm. I talked to my agent at the time. My agent's like, there's no way I can get you in on this. You're on How I Met Your Father. You're on Rap Shit. It's just not going to make sense. But at the mm. time I was on Rap Shit, I was a recurring guest star. Okay. And at the time I was on How I Met Your Father, I had yet to get like the deal for season two. Mm. So... I only had two episodes in season one and the deal was supposed to be, I was going to get seven episodes out of the 10. This was before they supersized it and turned it into 20. So then they recently supersized it, turned it into 20. So I was going to get 14 out of 20. So my agent's like, there's no way you could pass up on that. Cause you're going to make a buku of money yeah. or whatever. So, all right. So, but I'm like, nah, I need to do this show because I know how I resonate with the show. Like I felt like I really needed to do this. So got him to give me the audition. And I had to like bully him to do it, but he got me the audition. I auditioned for it. And I really felt like I put my foot in this audition. It felt, it felt right. Like sometimes I do stuff that doesn't feel right and I might get a pin, I might not, but this felt so specific. Anyways, I book it, but then I got to do the test. You yeah. do the test. Before you do the test though, you sign a deal. Uh-huh. So this is where it got weird. I had just signed a new manager, signed with a new manager at the time. We didn't really know each other. So I think he might not have really known how to be my advocate. Mm. At the time, I had only been here for like a year and a half. So I knew how bad I wanted the show, but I did not know how to advocate for myself. Mm. I did not feel like I could or should do that over the experience of these reps. I have like very in I have like a very intimate relationship when it comes to reps. Maybe intimate's not the right word. Very detailed, like 
from getting here from South Florida to here because the industry is so different in South Florida that the reps think different and talk different over mm-hmm. there. It's like a completely different kind of mindset. And then you go to, I went to Atlanta. It's a completely different kind of industry over there too. So they yeah. talk different over there too. You come to LA and it's different here. They talk different here. They, you know, the politics with yeah. the reps, I'd say is what's so super different, you know? So with the new manager that I had at the time, he was at a much bigger company. Mm. And so I kind of leaned on experience, relationships, resources of the bigger company. The advice that they had felt like, and they, the reps, 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 um, they talk. I, I'm saying they, I'm kind of putting everybody in a circle right now. And I know that I'm doing that because majority of reps, I'll say majority, tend to talk so confident. Yeah. super confidently like they know because they've been doing this so much longer than you mm-hmm. so this was an experience for me the reason i'm sharing this story in particular is because this was an experience for me where i saw myself not really be able to advocate for myself because i gave somebody else more ownership mm-hmm. of my opportunity and this was the situation where i realized how much control I need to take, even if I'm afraid of the results. The reason why they were afraid was because of how much money I was slated to make on How I Met Your Father. So ultimately, I don't know how specific I should get like about numbers, but I'll do it because I think it's going to help people, right? Yeah. So they started off the conversations. The the main thing was the wood was only going to be there for a pilot episode. They were Mm -hmm. offering me 30,000 for that episode. And so I was like, yo, let's go. Let's do yeah, this. Like, this, this is, is it. Like, I'm, I'm ready to do this, you know? But my reps at the time were like, bro, no way. No way. You're, sl- you're slated to make six figures on How I Met Your Father. Slated to make mid six figures. And so I was like, but listen, guys, I feel you on that. But like, I don't know. I'm number seven or number eight on that show. And yeah, they're saying that I'm going to get 14 episodes next season, but it doesn't feel like the show is written for me. I'm already seven or eight. There's no way I'm going to be propelled up to being like that much of a lead on this show. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, listen, man, um, we hear you. You know, I told them like, look, man, I, I really want to do this. It's specific for me, et cetera, so on and so forth. They were like, we hear you, but this is too much of a chance you're taking. You don't know. You don't know this, that, and the third. And, you know, you're going to miss out on the money. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to. So they ended up trying to push the money up. They got it up to like 60 so I'm like, yo, wow. 60K for a pilot. I'm like, come on, guys. Let's just, let's do this. Let's do this. I shouldn't have been That's saying, huge. come on, guys. This is the this is the main lesson that I'm sharing. I shouldn't have been saying, come on. I should have been saying, if you guys aren't with me on this, you're all gone. Because mm-hmm. I came here to do this work and I found a job that fits me. And even if this, that, and the third doesn't work, I got to do this. I wasn't able to say that I was afraid because relationships, resources, experiences, they have more experiences than me, but they don't have my experiences. And I did not know how to express that beyond the combos that we were having. I was having mm-hmm. a conversation with a manager, an agent, and the new lawyer that I had at the time. I never even had a lawyer before, so I wasn't comfortable 
I felt like this was a great thing. I felt like, you know, I finally got a team. I got a team. Mm-hmm. But being intentional is like more important. Like it's it's a hard road knowing how to discern when you need to take the advice and when you need to drive the car. And that 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 for me was the hardest thing in the world. The agent at the time was like, listen, because of the money you're gonna make on How I Met Your Father, I went back to them and I told them that if they can't get it up to 125,000 for this pilot, we can't do it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. I thought to myself, wow. if I could get 125, why wouldn't I try to get 125? So I said, all right, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's do that. And so they passed, they passed on me. They went with somebody else. The other guy they went with, I'm on IMDB like crazy. So I'm always going to see who gets it. You know what I mean? The other guy they went yeah. with, you know, I don't know how it went with him in particular, but the show did not go forward after that pilot. The wood did not go forward. So in retrospect, I don't know if the agent was right. Cause I feel like if I, I feel like if I would have got a chance to do that role, I believe it could have been a different experience. But shortly afterwards, How I Met Your Father did not renew that deal. So I did mm. not get those 14 episodes. Oh. And so it was one of those experiences where I did end up like it all worked out because I was talking to all the writers on rap shit. And I was linking up with them. I was talking to them. And um, I even had a meeting with the casting director. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who worked that out or whatever, but I had a meeting with the casting director at the time. Oh my God. If I'm not mistaken, the casting director is my publicist's mom. Oh, funny. <laughs> That's how I met my publicist. Yes. <laughs> so I even had a meeting with my with the casting director at the time, and she was super, super, super graceful with me. And super kind. Um, sometimes in this industry, like you're going to find some people who are like, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're, they're not going to lead you astray. They're going to kind of tell you things for you mm. and not for the good of the team. I, I, after the, just, just to kind of go back a little bit after this whole thing happened with the wood, I was so confused about how to be a leader I fired everybody and took some time off of having a team. Wow. So I didn't have a manager. I didn't have an agent. I needed to kind of like reconfigure how to do this work. And upon talking to the casting director, I was letting her know like what was going on with Hulu and what was going on in general. And she let me know that like she went back and was like, okay, so I let them know that this, that, and the third is going on with Hulu and, you know, rap shit wants to offer you a series regular. Because there was constantly a lot of go back and forth between Rap Shit and Hulu that first season because Rap Shit had me on in a recurring guest star capacity. But How I Met Your Father also had me in first position. So if there was ever any like, if there was ever any like, oh, we need him Overlap, over here. yeah. You were always at How I Met Your Father. Hulu could always be like, yeah. facts. Even though I only had two episodes, they were in first position, so they could always say yeah. whatever they needed to say or do whatever they needed to do. So upon rap shit, uh, come you know, understanding that like, oh, all right. So they, you know, we locked in my series regular with rap shit before I locked it in. I was meeting managers at the time. The casting director, she told me she she suggested that you know I try to get somebody to help me with the deal. 
And so I brought in a manager and that manager brought in another manager who helped me bring in another lawyer. And uh, this time around, it was a completely different scenario just as far as how this deal worked out. Only reason I share that story, and I have so many horror stories audition-wise, only reason I share that one is because I think as actors, one of the hardest things, because we're constantly thinking about getting in, getting a job, but none of the acting classes have ever taught me how to, you're not, you don't really learn how to think for yourself except for when you're, like you're taught how to think for yourself through the character. Mm -hmm. But when all this stuff happened, I started to realize what it really was gonna mean to be a entrepreneur or CEO of this kind of business. And this was like the- That's like the number one thing, right? It's like with this business, you're not taught in acting class that you are a CEO. It's just the product you're selling is yourself. You're selling your art. So you have to be the CEO of your company and figure out the best people to work with, who you want on your team. And, you know, I've always, I've always said this and my mom always told me this when I was growing up too. It's like, you know, a manager and agent and a lawyer and whoever else is on your team can only, you know, do so much at the end of the day, they're your team. They're there to support your decisions. And if they can't support your decisions, then you have to find people who will. You have to find the people who are going to bring you up rather than, try to like tell you that what you're deciding is you know wrong or different because this is your career this is your livelihood like you have to make those decisions yeah and it was just a hard road for me yeah because like i said they have so much confidence yeah with how they they say stuff and a lot of them are like oh don't worry about it i know that casting director we're good you're good and I was like, where do I fit in that when I know I don't know this casting director like that? I know yeah. I don't do lunches with the casting director. I don't. So right. sometimes it's it feels like I'm being a good teammate by mm. listening. And yeah. I and then I didn't know how to differentiate how to be a teammate and how to be a leader. And, yeah. you know, some of the quotes like you can't be a good leader unless you know how to follow. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I felt like I was doing a good <laughs> thing by listening. And then, man, when I saw the deadline. I think it was Deadline or Variety. But when I saw the Deadline article come out with who got the role, I was like, yo, man, they really move forward. They really move forward. They're not going to, they're not coming back with this thing. And it was like, it was definitely like the greatest, I'll say like greatest lesson of Mm -hmm. my career to date. The greatest lesson that I've had as far as just really understanding what it's going to mean to move forward and to like learn what advocating for myself is really going to mean, you know? Yeah. So, so important. And I'm glad you shared that because you're right. It's not something that's talked about a lot and actors really need to learn how to be their own advocates so that, you know, you, you get to do the things that you want and work with the people that you want. Otherwise you'll never get there. Um, Facts. I've had such a pleasure having you on the phone. Uh, having you on the Likewise. phone. Where am I? <laughs> having you on the show. Well, we've been all over the place. Uh, I had you over there. That's true. We've been we've been all across the world today. Um, but it's been so lovely to have you on the show, and I'm so excited to see what you do. Thank and you. you know, not just as an actor, but with your production company and your music. Thank you. You got so much going on, and it's going to be a, a really cool journey to watch this all unfold. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Likewise. Oh, and how can people follow you on social media to keep up with all of your stuff? 
For sure. Yeah. I'm at Daniel Augustine. That's A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N on Instagram. And the other ones, I wish they were all the same name, but I cannot get all the same name on all of them. So like on TikTok, I'm like, I am Daniel Augustine. And I I think on Twitter, I'm D Augustine, two underscores. I hate that name. I hate it. I hate it. But yeah, those are the three different social media accounts that I have right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness awesome well thank you again it was lovely talking to you and likewise um, happy almost christmas new year all the fun word. holiday things word word happy holidays to you too thank you <laughs> thank you thanks again to daniel for coming on the show make sure to check out rap shit and tune in next week for another fun conversation. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it. Tell your friends, your family, hit those rate and review buttons. They really help us out. And as always, thanks for coming in. Some of the best content for kids is both entertaining and educational. And with 5 for 5 Trivia, not only do kids get to learn from each week's brand new theme, They also get to challenge themselves by playing trivia. A Parents' Choice Foundation Silver Award winner, this fast-paced trivia podcast is perfect for kids ages 6 to 12. It's released five times a week, so it's a quick addition to your daily routine and a fun challenge to get five out of five right on trivia topics like animal sounds, time travel, fictional ghosts, and underwater exploration. So get your high fives warmed up and check out 5 for 5 Trivia, available wherever you listen to podcasts.